a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I'm so thankful today as we come to our time together today, and I always want to take the opportunity to let you know how thankful I am for you, the way that you seek after the Lord, the way that you're passionate about Jesus, the way that you're opening your word, the way that you're spending time in prayer. I just want you to know that that is an encouragement to me, and we have the opportunity to be the body of Christ. We have the opportunity to be family together, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that. I forget that God is so gracious. He is so faithful to put the right people in our paths at just the right time. And all of it is for his glory. And so today I have a sweet friend with me and I'm so excited for you to meet Jackie King. Jackie is a new friend. The Lord has just brought her to Arkansas and I want you to hear her story. So Jackie, welcome to Truth on the Go. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Well, I can't wait for everyone to hear your story and to hear how God has just intersected our lives and how he is positioning us to do ministry together in the future. And so Jackie, tell us just a little bit about you, about your family, about your background, and then we'll find out what brought you to Arkansas. Well, my name is Jackie King, and I have been here a hot three months. So I am from the Dallas area, born and raised, and so I'm a Texan um, with the y'alls and the Southern draw. And I have recently moved here because my husband just accepted a pastorate position, a lead pastor, and we've got three boys. I have Haddon, who just turned 10, and then Leland, who is eight, and then our little guy, Amos, he's five. He's adopted from Ethiopia, and so um, we are bringing some African spunk to the state of Arkansas. I love it. I love it. And that is something that we have in common is that we both have boys. And so let's talk just a little bit about our boys. I was on the phone with you the other day, and you were like, okay, boys, just give me just a moment of peace so that I can talk. And I, I can relate to that. So tell us about life with boys. How oh fun goodness. and crazy is it? I love being a boy mom. I love the constant wrestling and uh, everything. Like well, there are Nerf bullets all over my house. We joke that there's Nerf bullets and socks. Like those are in plethora at our house. And so you can be cleaning several months after a Nerf gun fight and find them like in all kinds of crux of the couch or the corners of the house and stuff like that. So they're really fun. I love that my older boys are getting to be like older elementary age like I love parenting that stage right now I didn't do so hot with the babies like I'm not a baby lover and so um, I love just getting to see their personalities develop and some of their questions that they're kind of asking and stuff like that and having actual conversations. So it's been really fun. I love, love being a boy mom. I completely agree. And, you know, I don't think I've told you this, Jackie, but I have this thought about socks in heaven. (laughs) I don't think that we're going to have socks in heaven Mm -mm. because it is a perfect place. (laughs) And whenever I have to fold socks, whenever I have to match them together, I am just rejoicing that we will not have to do that in Mm -hmm. glory. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was just doing that the other day and I thought it's, it's almost over. Like the Lord is returning and we will not have to deal with socks in heaven. And so I posted that on social media just as a fun thing to see if I would get any response. And then I had all kinds of people saying, hey, I want socks in heaven. And so I don't know how that's going to work out. They have to be the fuzzy ones, like fuzzy and cute in heaven. And maybe they just match together on their own. Like we don't even have to figure out like, is it Jake's sock? Is it Andrew's sock? Is it Jay's sock? I mean, at this point, I don't even care. Just get your socks and put them on. And so love that. Yeah, I love I love that. And Nerf guns for sure. I was walking through Walmart the other day 
And my boys are older now, 18 and 15. And I was like looking at the Nerf guns and I thought, you know, we're past that stage and I miss that. I miss that time. Come on over. I will. I'll come over. I will. I will. And so you, you mentioned that you're new to Arkansas. So tell us what your thoughts are about Arkansas and the natural state. Oh my goodness. It is so pretty. So Dallas is very flat and a lot of cement. And so I am just overwhelmed with God's beauty here. And I think, and I know we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but just in those first couple of weeks that were really hard of um, moving away from family and moving away from home, I think God just met me so sweetly and just getting to see the mountains and and the sunrises and the sunsets, they're just so different here. And of course, you've got to love Southern hospitality. And so everybody in Arkansas has just been so kind and they love that we're from Texas, you know, and stuff like that. And so it's it's a fun place to call home now, for sure. I love that. And we're so glad to have you in Arkansas. So tell us a little bit about your heritage and about your background. Yeah. So my mom actually was born in Cuba. They were one of the first Southern Baptist families to be sponsored, actually, by the convention. And so a church sponsored them and brought them over from Cuba and then um, gave them a house and my grandfather a job um, in Dallas. And so that's where they grew up. And so we, we kind of joke, if you've seen the movie my big fat greek wedding it's kind of like that just spanish like it's very loud everyone always sounds like they're arguing and there's lots of food involved which i love and so it's just it's fun it's a fun piece of my heritage not only just their story of faith but then like i get to have really great tans in the summer i do not speak any spanish at all like so that's bad uh Really bad. Um, and I sound very Texan when I try to speak Spanish. So I'm not even going to try to attempt okay. that today. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll let you off the hook on that one. Uh, but I love a story that I recently heard about you, and that is how you took your dad's last name as your middle name. So tell us yes. about that. So I don't actually know my biological dad. Um, the guy that I call dad has been um, in my life since I was probably younger than four. And he adopted me and gave me his name, Canada. And so it's me. And then I have a little sister that's four years younger than I am. And so when I was getting married, I thought, okay, well, our Canada name isn't going to go on anymore. And so we kind of made the decision to make Canada my middle name. So it looks really weird if you're on social media. Um, you can look at me, Jackie Canada King. But it was just kind of a fun way just with his story of adoption. And that was just such a big part of my life and how God used the picture of adoption in my life to show me Jesus. Um, and so it was just kind of one of those cool practical ways to just keep his love and legacy on in my own life. So. I love that. I love that. I'm so thankful for the picture of adoption. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I'm adopted. And so that's a near and dear to my heart. We're all adopted as believers in Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful for that. And then you have Amos, who yes. is also adopted. So tell us just a little bit about your husband and um, that process and that journey of, of adopting sure. Amos. We had, when we were dating, we decided we wanted to adopt, mainly because of my story with my dad. And so um, we had always planned on doing the like state adoptions and stuff. And it was just a time in our life where we were really serving in a very affluent area. And so God just started convicting us of like, I know you don't feel wealthy, but you are part of the wealthy. And one of the big things that we always were just so scared of with international adoptions was the cost. And, you know, we're in ministry. We didn't have a lot of money. And so he was just kind of saying, like, trust me. And so we Googled poorest countries in the world. And Wikipedia had these three lists. And the Democratic Republic of Congo was on the bottom of these three lists. And so we just kind of decided, okay, we're going to we're gonna adopt from there. And so we started. And our adoption story um, lasted about four years. It's just 
it's crazy. All adoption stories are. Um, and so we accepted a referral there, ended up losing a little guy named Jude. And so we ended up switching over to Ethiopia. And that's where we got matched with Amos. And so about a year and a half later, we got to bring him home. We went over to Africa two times and he is about to be, we'll celebrate four years in February, which is crazy. It's so fast. <laughs> it is so fast. And Amos is just a bright light of joy. I mean, when you see him and his face, you just are immediately in love with him. I love that about Amos. And, you know, he is, he doesn't meet a stranger, does he? Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> like he loves all the attention, like all the food, lots of people give him food. Like he loves it. He's all about people. I love it. I love it. Well, he's, he's great as well as your other boys. So we're so grateful that God has brought your family here to central Arkansas. So let's talk just a little bit about you and about your call to ministry and how you serve the Lord in in ministry. Okay. Um, I don't know if any of y'all will resonate with this, but I remember feeling just very out of place. I grew up in church. I was in a small Southern Baptist church back in Texas and I went off to college. I wanted to play softball. And so I signed and played softball um, for a semester. And then I just knew God was wanting me to do something different with my life. And through some circumstances and stuff, I knew that that, I don't know that I would say call, but I just knew he wanted something um, different. And I was on track to be a physical therapist. Like, that's what I wanted to study and do. And so I was at UT Dallas for about two years. And then I decided to go to Criswell College in Dallas, Texas, to just study the Bible. Like, I just wanted to know how to teach it well. And so I think there, just through my professors and through um, other peers that, and my classmates and stuff, of just really kind of honing in on this idea of what it looked like to really cheer women on in the Word, um, I think church and just what it looked like for women's in ministry. It meant children or missions. And I love those two things, but those also weren't like my big heartbeat. And so once I got to Criswell, I really learned what it looked like to study and what it looked like to get just dig deep into the word. And then I thought, everybody needs this, like everybody. And so that's just kind of what like started, I think, just my walk with the Lord and what it looks like to lead women, to teach women, um, to be a pastor's wife. Like every answer is always like, you need to get in the word. Like we need to do this together. Um, and so that's kind of the beginning, I guess. Well, I just love it. And I just think that that is so powerful, Jackie, as you talk about God's specific call on your life and you didn't know necessarily where that would lead, mm -hmm. but you just knew that it required that you respond. Yes. And so I know that you've shared with me and others that you had some insecurities along the way, oh my as we all have <laughs> in our lives. Like everyone listening can relate to that. We all have insecurities. So tell us a little bit about some of the insecurities that you experienced and how God ministered and met you in the midst of that. Goodness. What insecurities should I talk about? <laughs> There's so many. Um, I think the big thing was just what did it look like? There weren't a lot of women that were kind of ahead of me that I could look at and say, she's doing it, you know, like she's teaching the Bible and she's leading in that way. And then I think because of growing up in church and how it had been presented, I had always been told to be quiet or, you know, like, don't don't say what you're thinking because you're supposed to be quiet and submissive. And so I think um, whether it was teaching or just a wrong putting together of what scripture means, it always looked very passive to me. And I am not passive. Like I am full of the words and opinions and, and stuff like that. And so I think that probably as a woman was my biggest insecurity was just a bunch of misconceived ideas of what it looked like to be a Christian woman. And then that even kind of fleshed out even more when I became a wife and I became a mom, you know, and, and just what I thought a Christian woman looked like 
was very scary to me because I was not that. Jackie, I can relate to all of that. I know what it's like to have those insecurities and I know what it's like to look ahead and say, I don't know what the future looks like. And also to say, I really don't see anybody else doing this. And so all of that can become an avenue where the enemy speaks lies into our lives. And so on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about how the Lord ministered to you in those insecurities and where you are today. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back with Jackie Canada King. I want to get that full name in. And we're talking all things women's ministry. We're talking all things Jesus. We're talking all things boy mom. As we just talk about how we can make much of Jesus. I know that that's a statement that means a lot to you and to your uh, ministry and just to make much of Jesus. He is the one that we love. He is the one that we serve. He is the one that we have given our lives to. And so we were talking about prior to the break about some of the insecurities when it comes to ministry and honestly just life. And I asked, you know, what were some of those insecurities? And you talked about it was just hard to know where God was leading you and you didn't necessarily have anyone to look at as an example to say, okay, that's what ministry looks like. And so now you're in a different place. I know that (laughs) because I see how God is using you. So talk a little bit about the journey from the place of insecurity to this place of freedom and how God just ministered to you through the time. Sure. I'll still say that I'm still insecure. Um, it's, and it's I'll better. just say we all are. We <laughs> yeah. all are. And let's just be honest about yes. that. And if we pretend like we're not, then guess what? We really are. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially even just stepping into a new place. I know that y'all can probably relate to that. Just a new town and just new seasons of your life. I think that's when Satan, you know, really kind of tries to make you feel disqualified. And so insecurity is definitely still there. And I think it's one of those things where it's a weakness that you just get to press into the Lord with. But Honestly, I joke that women's ministry up until this point has just been a lot of trial and error, and um, and we're just going to try. And so I feel like if you've got the right heart and you are going after women and where they are and trying to give them Jesus and trying to be Jesus to them, you can't go wrong. And even in your wrong, like it's better than not doing anything at all. And so I say, just try, like if that's something that God has given you or, you know, just an idea that God had maybe given me, I'm just like, okay, let's, let's talk it out, you know, with a couple women and stuff, and then let's just try it and see what God does with it. And so I think that's a healthy place to be in ministry and as a woman, because it really kind of starts everything off just with this dependence of this has nothing to do with me and anything good out of it is all Jesus. Absolutely. And every step of the way, we have the opportunity to press into Jesus and to abide in him. Mm -hmm. And what scripture says is as we abide in him, he abides in us and much fruit comes out of that. And that is to the father's glory. Mm -hmm. And so John 15 becomes like a reality for us in ministry, but also in life. And so as you listen to this, you may be thinking, I'm not necessarily called to ministry, but the beauty is we're all called to ministry. We're all called to step into the work that God is already doing and to surrender to his plan, to his will, to his 
his way and to trust the spirit of God to work in and through us for his glory. And so I just have a heart right now to share and proclaim this truth. And that is that God has a plan for your life. He has a will. He has purpose for you. And first, it's just to be in relationship with him. But then it's to walk in obedience with him. And that's going to result in call on your life. And uh, we know scripture tells us that we're God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. And so we don't need to be afraid of that. We do not need to allow our insecurities to overrule that or to get in the way of that. But as we do what Jackie is talking about, which is just simply trust and to try and to leave the outcomes to him, then we begin to engage in opportunities that make much of Jesus. And so for you, as you listen today, just know that God has a call on your life. It may look like mine. It may look like Jackie's where you're in more of a formal setting in ministry. And it may not. It may be just cultivating relationships in your home and in your church and in your workplace where you are just speaking truth. You're speaking life into the lives of other people. And you're watching Jesus draw people to himself. And you're simply getting a front row seat. And that's so exciting. That's ministry. And so sometimes we just make ministry hard. We make it, you know, this box that has all of these checks, you know, that we have to have a certain type of education or we have to have a certain type of experience or we have to have a certain type of gifting. And so we limit our openness to God as a result of that. And so for us just to have a freedom to say, Lord, today, I just want to follow hard after you and to trust that you're already at work and to step into that. That's exciting. And that's ministry. That's right. And I think we also kind of are being fed a lie from Satan that our ministry has to be big. You know, like if you're not on the front row of sex trafficking, you know, and trying to fight that, or if you're not like adopting a kid from Ethiopia, then you're not doing something big for God. And we almost kind of put like these ministries up on a pedestal. And there is so much work that God does in the trenches of day to day and at the school pickup line and at work in the cubicle. I mean, that is where God gets stuff done and that is where the spirit moves. And so I really think we need to kind of get away from the lie that you've got to be doing something big and showy and shiny. Like most of the time, he's just calling us to the nitty gritty day in and day out and being faithful in that. And that really does require that abiding process because it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing that when people ask me about ministry, you know, what have you learned? I've learned that it's hard. I've learned that it requires perseverance. I've learned that it is a daily surrender and a daily dependence on Jesus to do what I can't do. And through that process, I am abiding in him and honestly having the opportunity to experience who he is Mm -hmm. in my daily walk. And then I want to minister out of the overflow of that, which really brings us to a passage I know that's near and dear to your heart out of Philippians. And let's just set the stage for why this passage of scripture is so near and dear to your heart. You've shared with us that you recently moved from Texas to Arkansas and you left behind a lot of family and a lot of loved ones and probably a little bit of a comfortable life that you have had Mm -hmm. carved out there. Mm -hmm. And so this scripture maybe comes to life a little bit because of that. Yes, I love of the book of Philippians. Um, my husband, Josh, like is constantly like, you need to get off over this book and get into another <laughs> one, which there's plenty, but it's just, I always go back to this book, especially whenever I'm going through hard times. And so I love Paul and just his honesty and the grit of life that he really had to share. And so coming to Arkansas, we talked about fear a little bit earlier to where in transitions with life and seasons, 
I think it's just an opportunity to where Satan will really start to kind of get into your mind and making you doubt and birth a lot of insecurity and fear. And so this passage is talking about knowing Christ in chapter three, verses seven and eight. And it talks about gains and losses, which was just a a different viewpoint now that I feel like we've lost a little bit of the traditions and getting to see family. And we're in a completely new area and state and they call queso cheese dip, you know, like it's just, (laughs) it's different. And so I think even just the idea of just loss, like there's been a lot of loss and the idea of our losses becoming something to where it's an opportunity for us to press into Jesus and know something more sweetly and tender about him than in our comfort and the things that we know. And so these first couple months of being a new Arkansasan, Arkansan, what is it Arkansan. called? Arkansan. I think that yes. would be the official word. Although I I'm think still that Josh did say Arkansasan. Arkansasan. Yeah, we're, we, we're bad, y'all. We're working. Um, but it's just been an opportunity to know Jesus more sweetly and that he was working to bring us here. And I need to be confident in that. And when I'm faced with insecurities and stuff that he's working and I just need to trust him. And it's not about me. It's about where he has us and how he's going to use our stories and our passions and what we love about him to be able to kind of bring that to Arkansas in a different way. And, you know, there's such freedom in that perspective because it really does take our eyes off of the temporary and places our eyes on the eternal, which is the freedom of walking in step with the spirit, because we know for such a time as this, he has brought you to this place and that he is going to be all that you need in the midst of your time here. So tell us a little bit, Jackie, and this is going to be a little bit personal, but I know you're willing to go there. How hard was it to let go (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was incredibly hard, to be honest. I do not like change. I don't know a lot of people that do like change, but, um, you know, I had been in Dallas my entire life. And so my family, my relationships and friendships and those kind of things, they're all back home. And so it was just incredibly scary to come to a new place, a new state. And so it was hard, but then at the same time, it was needed. And I knew that God was bringing us to a place to where I was really comfortable and he wanted me to kind of trust him, like honestly. And so I think with the move, it stripped away just a lot of that self-preservation and that pride, honestly, if you want to get to it, to where I just, I had my rhythm of life and I was doing ministry and I had my friends and I had my family and And there's nothing that will make you cling to Jesus more quickly than uprooting you out of that and saying, I am all you have. And so it was hard, but it was a good hard. Like it was, it was really kind of showing a lot of these idols that I had been clinging to that honestly, I didn't know were even like built up in my heart so much. And so it's been good just to have that, I think, communion and closeness with Jesus and just saying like, okay, like you're literally all I have here. I know nobody, you know. I appreciate you sharing that. And two things stick out to me as I think about your statement there. First is trust is demonstrated in action. Mm. We really like to trust Jesus while we're comfortable, but he calls us to step out on the water. He calls us to put our eyes on him and to trust him. That is coming through very clearly in your statement, in your testimony. And the second thing is God is faithful. He is so faithful, even to the point of using discomfort to get us to the place of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we just have to hang on. We just have to continue to persevere. We have to press on. We have to press forward and trust him to be at work in ways that we can't even see. Mm -hmm. And I love that about where you are even right now in your life and in your ministry and in your testimony, because you're still in the unknown water, right? It's so fresh. (laughs) It's so new. Everything is different. Everything's changed. But yet Jesus is 
the same. And you can trust that he is at work and you can know that there is a reason, there is a purpose, and you just persevere in him. And as you persevere in him, he's going to make the path straight. And so I just think what a powerful, poignant, relevant testimony for us as we think about what this new season of life looks like for all of us. We've all experienced loss. We've all experienced heartbreak. We've all experienced those times of having to let go. But ultimately, as we've done that, Jesus has provided a path to freedom because it is through that process that we are clinging to him. And that's really, to me, what Philippians 3 is saying. Yeah, I may have lost, but it's actually a gain. The gain is Jesus, you know, and I know that whenever I step out in faith and demonstrate trust by taking an action that makes me extremely uncomfortable, I've noticed two things. Number one, I trust Jesus and I cling to him tighter than ever because where else would I go? And number two, it helps me to cling to my husband. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think that there is an interdependence there that glorifies God because we are a team. And I know that that's been, you know, the testimony that you would share as well with your husband, your boys. I am sure this has in a sense brought you closer together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's different um, because, you know, moving and then even his job changing a bit, you know, and just demands and and stuff like that. And so I think um, we ended up having to really kind of I don't know. In the beginning, it was a lot of just me and Jesus. And I think that was good um, because Josh was trying to kind of figure things out on his own, you know, and and I don't want to burden him. And and I think he was trying to kind of wrestle through some of the feelings of like, oh, my gosh, I've just uprooted my family away from everything, you know. And and so, yes, we got to that point. But I think in the beginning, it was very much of just me really having to wrestle things out with Jesus. And um, and it was good because I can tend to kind of lean on Josh a little bit more than directly going to Jesus. And so that was another thing that I thought Jesus just really kind of, it was just me and him for the first couple of weeks, but it was good. It's exactly what I needed. That is good. All right. Well, we want to finish with this thought from Philippians chapter three, verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And Jackie, that really sums up our passionate pursuit, that we press forward, that we move ahead, and that we know that in that process, we not only get to make much of Jesus, we get to experience the reality of Jesus in our everyday lives. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.